From the alleyoops at Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cutback. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. Time to talk about 49ers news. So you're watching a 49ers news update right here from 49ers Cutback. There's a lot of news from roster moves uh, to injury reports as well coming out of practice. 49ers, of course, had practice today. So I'm ready to get all into it. I'm looking forward to this episode for sure because there's just a lot to talk about. And first off, let's go ahead and let's start with the injury report from today's practice. And we had some guys who were limited. We had some guys who were out. Uh, some of these names were interesting. Did not practice today. Eric Armstead with a foot injury. Of course, Daniel Brunskill with the hamstring. Uh, Tyron Davis-Price, we all know about with the ankle. And uh, Tyler Croft with the knee. And then Trent Williams gets his normal uh, veteran day. So that is happening right there. So as you can see right now, Armstead, the one that's the key, the foot injury. That's something to monitor throughout the week. We'll see how Eric Armstead ends up uh, coming out of this, if he ends up practicing on Friday, he's likely to play. But that could potentially be a big move because the Denver Broncos want to run the football. One of the main reasons that teams have struggled to run the football against the San Francisco 49ers is because of Eric Armstead, the way he plays against double teams. So we definitely need Eric Armstead out there. We need him to play. So this is an injury that we must monitor. I think the good news is George Kittle was limited in practice. So Kittle was able to get out there and practice again. Last week, it was just Friday. This week, he's getting a little bit more active and getting out there earlier in the week. I think that signals that George Kittle is potentially going to play on Sunday, and that's good news because the 49ers just lost Tyler Croft. Uh, you lose the guy that's been starting the games for you, and then you insert an all-pro tight end. you got to feel like that's a huge advantage for the San Francisco 49ers, so that is really good news. And the Broncos are suffering with injuries as well. Uh, their defensive end, Randy Gregory, he didn't practice. He had a knee injury. Jerry Judy dealing with ribs and shoulder. The shoulder what kept him out of most of the game last week. Then DJ Jones with an ankle. So a familiar uh, name for the 49ers. Uh, Quinn uh, Miners is hurt with a hamstring. Darius Phillips with a hamstring. And Patrick Sertan, their big-time corner, is dealing with a shoulder injury. Uh, they had limited practice guys in KJ Hamler, the speedster, uh, Josie Jewell, a calf, and Caden Stearns, a young safety, a hip problem. So th those are some of the things they had. K1 Williams... He ended up practicing even though he had a wrist that was bothering him. So those are the injury updates coming from the 49ers, uh, coming from uh, the Denver Broncos. And I'm a little worried about Eric Armstead, of course. You just never want to see someone get hurt like that. Um, and KNDR says, if Armstead doesn't play, that means Fred Warner has to make more splash plays. Oh, signaling that KNDR has watched 49ers face off over on Patreon. Well played. I love that. Absolutely fantastic. Yes, we're... Jay Hill is talking about how Fred Warner needs to make splash plays. If you haven't seen that episode and you're on Patreon, uh, go check it out. It's a good one. A lot of fun moments and funny moments. And if you're not on Patreon, go check it out. Uh, sign up for Patreon and check out that episode of uh, 49ers Face Off. Him and Horse go out, go at it, and then I end up getting involved as well because it was just, yeah, it's just interesting. Uh, now, the 49ers also made some roster moves today as well. They went ahead and they promoted... You know, uh, Marlon Mack to the active roster. Mack, of course, last week signed to the 49ers practice squad. 
and then now he's being promoted. I don't think they expected to promote him this early, but when you have the injury to TDP, a high ankle sprain, TDP wasn't put on the IR, so that means they're hopeful he's going to be back in three weeks because an IR stint would mean four weeks at least for TDP. So the 49ers are hopeful. Uh, they did not need to use his roster spot, so you know they went ahead and, and kept him and Tyler Croft off the IR. But Marlon Mack comes up, the guy with a wealth of experience, a lot of time playing in Indianapolis, a really good running back, had over 1,000 yards rushing for them in a season. And then he was on Houston to start the season. In fact, played against the 49ers in the preseason, had some pretty good moments. And Kyle Shanahan had some very nice things to say about Marlon Mack, uh, saying that, you know, Mack looked really good, that he picked up the offense really fast, and he was looking like a guy that they could really count on. And that's good news because you're going to need him. You know, I mean, potentially you're going to go out there with Jordan Mason as well. Um, so we'll see. Uh, Count Club says foot injury for Armstead. Anything specific? No, they haven't clarified yet. So if I get anything in spe uh, specific as far as specific as far as what is going on with that foot injury, I'll be more than happy to pass it along. But right now, that's how it's being reported. So if we get more information on it, I'll definitely get into that for sure, Count Club. So hopefully, we do get more information as this week progresses, or uh, in better way, maybe he just ends up coming back and not having to worry about that. Um, more news because you have the move of Marlon Mack elevating him to the active roster. The 49ers went ahead and signed a veteran running back, and they brought in a familiar face in Tevin Coleman. So Tevin Coleman worked out for the 49ers last week. They did not go with him. They went with Marlon Mack over him and Devontae Freeman, who had been guys who had played for Kyle Shanahan in Atlanta. And, of course, Coleman had played for the 49ers uh, in their 2019 big-time season that they went all the way to the Super Bowl. In fact, he was a big part of that. Uh, starting some of the playoff games. So Coleman is back. I believe this is an you know insurance policy in case something doesn't work out with the other guys. So Tevin Coleman will be there just in case. So your running backs for this week, uh, it's pretty clear that it's going to be Jeff Wilson Jr., who played really well last game, Jordan Mason, who looks to get his first carries of the game uh, of the season, and then, of course, Marlon Mack, who's been elevated and, and is on the active roster now. Those three guys will roll. Kevin Coleman will be on the practice squad in case you unfortunately suffer another injury. And Count Club says, and will Jordan Mason get some burn this week? I think he will. I think Jordan Mason is going to get some carries. I expect Jordan Mason to get between seven and eight carries in this football game. If he does really well in those carries, it could always cause more. PDP got 14 carries last week, but he ended up getting hurt. I think Kyle Shanahan goes, kind of errs on the side of caution, gives Jordan Mason some carries, but also gives Marlon Mack carries as well. So you're looking for Jeff Wilson Jr. to get, you know, 13 to 15 carries. And then for the other two backs to split seven between them, you throw in some more carries for Debo Samuel. And all of a sudden you've got the carries you need to win the football game. So I think that's how they're going to go ahead and handle it. But we'll see. Uh, the good news is the 49ers had a veteran player that's capable of stepping in. He already understands this offense. So if something does happen, the 49ers are equipped to continue to take on these running back injuries. Crazy to think that when we broke... Uh, camp and 53-man rosters announced 49ers had six running backs and you know five tailbacks on their active 53-man roster, and now there's only a couple guys left that were on that active roster. So uh, they've definitely went through players, and the 49ers keep insulating themselves. Mack was a great pickup. Kevin Coleman is solid. Those are nice moves for the 49ers overall. That's very well played. And BB50 says Jerry Judy could be out Sunday night. That would be a big loss, and you're right. Uh, then started to break down the video, actually – I've watched it a couple of times, but I'm going to do my breakdown video for Patreon, breaking down the Denver Broncos in their game against Houston Texans uh, for a scouting report video over on Patreon. And Jerry Judy's been a big part of the offense for 
the Broncos in the first two games, including a big-time touchdown against Seattle Seahawks in Week 1. I broke down that last week. So it's going to be interesting to see what this offense looks like without Judy. Of course, they have Cortland Sutton. He's he's big-time. So I know they'll be counting on him. And then they have speedsters as well, uh, like Hamler. But Hamler's dealing with a little bit of injury. So we'll see how healthy he is as we move forward. And what's up, JLE? How's it going? Uh, Lee Adams says, time to get a new training staff. All these injuries are not bad luck. This is a pattern. Uh, it depends on how you look at it. If it's soft tissue things, hamstrings, uh, things like that, you could probably blame the training staff. If they're contact injuries like sprained ankles, I don't normally put sprained ankles on a training staff because that's just there's no way to prepare your ankle to be able to withstand you know, a body landing on it and you not getting a sprained ankle. Uh, so I don't put sprained ankles on them. But if you want to argue other things and other injuries, you know, go right ahead. I think that there can be an argument there. Uh, I'm just not willing to take it there. I don't think, I think that there was the, the conversation about that in 2020, and early 2021. But I thought they've done a really good job with rep management, managing these players uh, and doing the best they can. When it comes down to it, you still have to go out and play the game and injuries are going to happen. It's just unfortunate uh, that some of these, you know, are happening to their running backs right now. Ernest says, I tried calling Trey Lance at Stanford. They said no one was registered under that name on Tuesday morning. Interesting. Uh, interesting, Ernest. I like the fact that you went and, and called. And then JLE says, what number did Mac get? I saw at practice he was wearing 23. So Marlon Mack has been wearing 23 at practice. I'm guessing that's what he ends up wearing. Of course, he's not going to wear traditional 25 because Elijah Mitchell is wearing 25. So I fully expect him to wear 23 when he's active for the game on Sunday. Uh, and what is up, Harold? Welcome to chat. Um, what is up, Malik? How's it going? I hope you're having a good one as well. Henry says, I hope this doesn't affect Brandon Ayuk this year, the Jimmy switch. I hope not as well. But I thought, you know, Brandon Ayuk still had a big game. Now, he had a big catch from Trey Lance early where he got over 20 yards. That was his long in the game. But he did overall catch three passes from Jimmy Garoppolo and ended up having four catches for 65 yards. I think that's a good football, for, football game for Ayuk. I think him catching the ball now, as experienced as he is on the run, is going to benefit him. So I think he'll be okay with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think what you might miss from Jimmy and Ayuk um, could be the deep passes down the field. Now, they did result in pass interferences this week. Jimmy leading them up, throwing them a little bit behind. Brandon trying to work back towards the ball. If they can find some chemistry on those, there might be some big plays down the road. But we'll see. I think you know right away you wonder about Jimmy's arm strength. So far, so good. He looked okay. And what's up, Shooter? How's it going? I always love when Shooter comes in. Harold says, Tevin Coleman is back. Fortnite signed him to the practice squad. Absolutely. We just talked about that a second ago. Um, here's the here's the picture for you right here of Tevin Coleman. We broke it on social media as well. So um, I thought 23 was Mason. Mason is 24, JLE. So Jordan Mason went to 24 once Kadar Holman got uh, released. And uh, 23 had been Jamichael Hasty. That number was available. And Marlon Mack has been wearing it at practice. Another thing that happened was the 49ers signed a quarterback, and we knew this was going to happen once uh, Trey Lance went on IR. They were going to make a move, and they did. They're adding Kirk Benkirk to the roster. Kirk Benkirk uh, had played with the Green Bay Packers, um, so he's a guy that you know already understands this style of system. The 49ers brought him in for a workout last week. They brought in a lot of running or a lot of quarterbacks this time. They brought in AJ McCarron. They brought in Mike Glennon. A lot of guys, and Benkirk was the guy that they ended up rolling with. It makes sense to me to put him on the practice squad. You hope that you never have to use him. You hope that he's just there to get reps, help out in the in the QB room, but you wanted to make sure you had three guys. 
Uh, so you bring this guy in on the practice squad, and now the 49ers roster is more similar to last year. We have two quarterbacks up on the main roster and then one on the practice squad. They have more availability for other players on their active roster. And what's up, David Campbell? How's it going? Always love when David's in here as well. Um, so I think that those are some of the things, you know, that are that are going on uh, with this 49ers uh, team. And there was also an, a guy that got waived, and that was Kerry Vincent. So Kerry Vincent ends up getting uh, waived. What's up, SG? How's it going? He was on the practice squad for one week. Uh, the 49ers brought him in last week, took a look at him, and decided they were going to go ahead and, and move in a different direction. So he's gone. So the 49ers continued to make their flurry of moves. And all the while, we've got George Kittle now uh, potentially playing this week. I don't know how everyone feels, but, uh, I mean, George Kittle would be a nice welcomed addition to this 49ers offense. I think they could use him, especially with the loss of, of Tyler Croft. But him in the run game could be hugely beneficial. You got Randy Gregory uh, suffering with injuries, and then you got, you know, Bradley Chubb, who's absolutely fantastic. Well, the 49ers might be able to use Kittle and McGlinchey to take advantage of Gregory on the edge and be able to create some run lanes for their team if they can move guys off the spot. Of course, you got big Jonas Griffith, but uh, George Kittle's used to blocking him. He used to be with the 49ers a couple years ago. Uh, so we got a couple questions. And Bubba says, we should make a deal to make Derrick Henry. Titans suck this season. I don't think that Derrick Henry's going to be on the market. If Derrick Henry is on the market, I'm sure you know, there's 29, 30 teams that would be interested in picking him up. But what would it take to get him? Uh, probably a lot. I don't know if they'd be willing to do that. Shooter says with a 499 super chat. Thank you so much, Shooter, for the gift. I really appreciate it. And you think with this Trey injury that the Niners will use it as a rally cry uh, to get that sixth ring? I definitely think they're going to be motivated, Shooter. I mean, you have to be motivated um, when you suffer an injury like this to be able to go out and attack. And I think they're going to want to. And I think there's going to be the similar push to what you had last year. It was just last year in the playoffs that Debo Samuel said. He wanted Jimmy Garoppolo to win a Super Bowl to make it really hard on the 49ers front office. Of course, they did not win the Super Bowl, but that was part of their motivation. I don't know if they can continue that again this year. I know they were extremely happy for Jimmy that he got the opportunity again. They like Jimmy. Uh, do you want the circumstance of Trey Lance getting hurt to provide Jimmy that opportunity? No, uh, but now it's just reality, right? Jimmy's going to be in that spot, and I think this team understands this is it. This is the last ride. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers, can they win a Super Bowl? I think it's important to Kyle Shannon in the front office, and I think it's important to these veteran players to win a Super Bowl because time is ticking. You don't know how many opportunities you're going to have. Yeah, you have a young quarterback, and that young quarterback's eventually going to you know, possibly get you to that promised land, but when is that going to be? And with the injury, it's probably pushed back an extra year. So it'll it'll be interesting. It really will. Um, but I, I, think, I think that is cool. Uh, David Campbell, my guess is Russ is still acting corny. You are right. He does do that. And if you watched Slightly Offside, of course, definitely uh, got into that a little bit about Russ, uh, for sure. And SG says, thoughts on Broncos, Russell Wilson, and David comes with a perfect response. Uh, you know, Russ has had guys dropping footballs. His team has not helped him out this year. They've been, they've been dropping footballs. And we got a super chat from Bobo. Says, I still believe we'll win the Super Bowl this year. I love it. Uh, thank you so much, Bobo, for the, the Super Chat. And thank you so much for the positive vibes. Yeah, I want to win the Super Bowl. The defense is Super Bowl caliber. As long as this offense can continue to score four points, they have a chance. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. That I think they can. TV says, Ant, this is off subject. Watching the Steelers-Patriot game Sunday, I was shocked by the retired numbers they have. It's a wonder they have any left. 
Yeah, and that's something actually that they had a conversation with Jed York about during the offseason, and he discussed the fact they might need to start bringing numbers back into circulation. Leave them, of course, you know, you know, up and and recognize those players, but you're running out of jersey numbers. So retiring jerseys now might not happen. So you might start bringing some of these numbers into circulation, or you're just going to run out of numbers. Of course, you leave Joe retired. You know, you leave Jerry Rice retired. Um, you know, maybe some of the, even the you know the, the guys from way back. We'll see. But I think they're going to be picky and choosy. You know, will they will they leave a Jimmy Johnson's number retired? We'll see. Um, I'm I'm very very curious to see if they end up bringing in, any into circulation. But it might have to happen. The NFL already started allowing you know different players to wear the single digits, and I think a lot of that went into the fact that teams like the Steelers had so many jersey numbers retired. So yeah, that's a good point. I, I actually agree with you, BU50. That's interesting. SG says, what are your reactions? Quarterback Trey Lance, who suffered a broken ankle injury when the 49ers played the Seahawks in their home opener at Levi's. Um, I was disappointed. You know, I was disappointed. I didn't want to see a player get hurt. I never want to see a player get hurt, especially when it causes them a season. Like, I think you react a little bit different when it's a couple weeks or, you know, a few weeks and they're going to be coming back. Even Elijah Mitchell, like, okay, two months sucks, but uh, he'll be back. But when it's an entire year like that, you know, you're going to lose all those reps and you just feel for the kid who's worked his entire offseason to become quarterback one. He gets that position. He goes out there, um, you know, and he's trying to put his best foot forward and it just doesn't work out. And it's one of those things where he plants and, you know, he takes a hit and boom, you know, your ankle goes. I felt for him. It, it was a punch to the gut at the moment. And then it was like, all right, you know, we got to rally behind this. Um, and, you know, I've been, I've coached and been a part of those serious injuries where you see someone leave and you've got to be able to turn it back on. And it's not easy, it's not easy to get over those injuries and look at everybody in the eye and be like, Hey, we got to rally and, and get this thing done. But um, you know, I've seen teams that just fold after that. You lose the game because you just can't get over the fact that one of your teammates got hurt. Um, but a veteran team like the 49ers have seen these injuries happen before. Lots of players have had these serious injuries, and they've been able to rally and get it done. And they did that even with Trey. So, um, you know, the mindset of this team is definitely in the right place. So that's exciting. Uh, Henry says, any updates on Jason Verrett? No, I haven't heard anything on Jason Verrett. Uh, of course, he can come back after week four. After the Rams game, he's allowed to come back, and they may need him because there's going to be a stretch of games, you know, once they get past Carolina and Atlanta, where they're going, you know, with a tough stretch of Kansas City, Los Angeles Rams, and then Los Angeles Chargers. Those aren't easy football games, and you need to win those in that stretch. And if you do, your chances of making the playoffs go through the roof. So I think that four to six weeks, uh, so kind of Carolina uh, or Atlanta would be a nice spot to kind of reinsert Jason Verrett back into this team because then he can get his feet wet against those teams and not have to go out there and in this first time back against a team like Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. Um, but I've heard nothing but that he's healthy right now, and I think that's a good sign. Uh, SG says Jimmy Garoppolo will be quarterback one, Purdy's quarterback two. Yes, that's definitely definitely the case. Daly hasn't heard anything on Jason Verrett, which is always a good sign. Henry says any updates on Jason Verrett? Okay, so you reiterated it. Um, so yeah, it's just that, you know I mean? That's really kind of where we are with the injury news as far as uh, Jason Brett. There has been no other new news, which is good news. Uh, the 40 yards injury report is pretty basic. Um, not a lot of guys who are hurt. You know, you have arms with the foot, which is, I think, the most concerning. Uh, Brunskill hasn't been able to come back from the hamstring, but he'll get back at some point. Uh, so, I mean, the injury list is pretty small. It's Armstead, it's Brunskill, of course, Davis Price, Tyler Croft, um, and then George Kittle's limited in practice. So, the, the coaching staff overall has got guys getting coming back, training staff, 
And then you've got, of course, Jimmy Ward will be coming back here pretty soon as well. And that's that's good news for the 49ers. You need these guys to be able to come back and, you know, and help your football team. And I think they can. You know, and there's lots of it, lots of good news coming out about Aaron Banks, too. He's been creating really high. Kyle Shannon had some very nice things to say about him as well, which is great. And what's up, David V? How's it going? What's up, Ernest? Uh, it says, Ant, do you think it's going to be running back to Mac or Mason? I think it's going to be Jordan Mason. I think he's going to be uh, running back too, but I think Marlon Mack's going to play as well. So we'll get Mason to get some of those carries, but I think Mack will get carries. I think Mack might be in there on third down as well. Uh, if it's not Debo and Jeff Wilson Jr., because they trust him in pass protection. I think Jordan Mason's goal in this game, he'll get a few carries in, in normal sets, uh, but also in short yardage. It'll be a time to use Jordan Mason, but he'll come in there and he'll spell Jeff Wilson Jr. So, Splitting the snaps between Marlon Mack, number one, to keep him healthy, uh, but also Jordan Mason, I think is a good a good way to handle it. But a lot of it depends on what kind of scheme the 49ers plan to run against the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are going to bring five, six guys to the line of scrimmage. They've done it consistently through two games. And then they've got the guys on the edge between Randy Gregory and, and Bradley Chubb that make it difficult to run the ball. So they're gonna, the Niners are going to have to uh, get this run game going, use the gap scheme, move some of these guys, edge rushers off their spots. Um, so I think that's going to be fun to watch this week. 49ers Faithful Forever says, I'm late. What's up, guys? How's it going? Always good to have you in chat. Henry says, how is Jimmy Ward looking? Haven't heard any reports on Jimmy Ward. Um, you know, an injury like his is always a little a little sketchy and scary. Uh, but the fact that there hasn't been anything so far, I fully expect after the Los Angeles Rams game on Monday Night Football, uh, not this week, but the next week for week four, I fully expect them to open a practice window for Jimmy Ward so that way he'll have a couple weeks to get ready and come back. I don't know if we'll see Jimmy Ward against Carolina or Atlanta. I would fully expect him to come back, you know, probably before Kansas City on October 23rd. That would be my guess. I think that's a target for him to come back. And really, Tayshawn Gibson has bought you so much time because he's grading out to being one of the better safeties in the league right now playing next to Talon Ufonga. That is great news. Uh, Ernest says, do you think Seattle is intentionally hurting the quarterbacks? No, I don't think so. I mean, this if if it would have been like a dirty play, um, then I would have said, yeah. But the fact that Trey Lance planted, you know, and it was trying to, you know, make a move and then had contact and the ankle just went, uh, I don't think that is, you know, Seattle intentionally trying to injure anyone. So I don't think that's the case right now. But we'll see if things continue to happen, you know, down the road. David says, just need Brunskill back for the Rams. Yeah, I'm hoping Brunskill is going to get close. I don't know what the extent of his setback was, only that Kyle Shanahan said he had a setback before week one. I think the 49ers, the way they talk about him, they had some sort of role for him. Uh, right now in the interior offensive line, Banks and, Br Banks and Burford are playing really well. The weakness is Brendel. Uh, so the thought process has to be that if Brendel doesn't step it up here in the next couple of weeks, that Daniel Brunskill is going to take over the center job when he's ready to roll. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it wasn't a bad enough setback that they decided to put him on IR, but you know, I mean, it, at some point you're going to need Brunskill back. And this is interesting and different for Brunskill because he doesn't normally miss football games. He's normally healthy and out there playing. That was the one thing him and Lakin Tomlinson have done or did during their entire extent with the 49ers. They played in games, which is huge. Uh, Ernest says the Niners need to pull an, an eye for an eye next game against Seattle. This is the second year in a row. They pulled that BS. To be honest with you, the 49ers hurt the Seahawks more by letting Geno Smith continue to play quarterback for them uh, because it just continues to amplify his weaknesses. He has to get the ball out quickly, and if you smother and take away those short routes, 
He's just not going to have any success. There's no willingness to go down the field. So Seattle with Geno Smith at the helm is exactly what the 49ers want because you can beat a, a Geno Smith-led football team where at least with Locke, Drew Locke gives them the ability to whip the ball down the field. He's enough of a wild card. He'll take chances and make plays. I'm hoping Geno consistently does a little bit better and better. Um, not enough to win football games, but enough for that. Um, it depends on what your comment is, SG. I'm sorry if I missed it. Let me know what it was. Oh, is this the one about I played football? I played football in high school, and I also sprained my ankle, and all my teammates were feeling my pain. They got felt bad for me. They were happy, but I returned to the team. Well done. Well, you know, well, well, well done to coming back um, from the com or from the you know the sprained ankle uh, for sure. And then SG says thoughts on Tevin Coleman. I like Coleman, you know, especially in this role where he's on the practice squad. If you need him, you break the glass and he's ready to go because he understands the system. He's a plug and play guy. You can trust him on third down. You know what you're going to get from Tevin Coleman. Is he as explosive as he was in Atlanta? No. Is he as good a running back as he was when he first came to San Francisco? No. Uh, but what he is a guy that consistently go out there. And he had 48 carries last year for 352 yards for the Jets. Is it anything spectacular? No. Uh, but when you're in put it, putting someone into Kyle Shanahan's system that understands already, you have the potential to at least get something out of him. So I think it was a smart move. And when you put guys like that, key veterans uh, on the practice squad, you insulate yourselves in case something happens. Heaven forbid Jeff Wilson Jr. goes down. Or heaven forbid Marlon Mack comes down. Now you have another key veteran that's ready to roll if something like that happens. BB50 says, Ant, maybe I missed this on earlier podcasts, but Ross Dwelly had himself a nice game. He did. Ross Dwelly has been being successful, especially in the passing game. There were some struggles early in this season in the blocking game. Now, he did a little bit better in week two than he did in week one. That's good news. He has to block at a high level. That's why Tyler Croft logged double the snaps in week one. He was the one making the blocks. He was the one that was you know making the big plays. Dwelly showed up, though, caught the ball, had the one catch for 38 yards and a touchdown from Jimmy Garoppolo. That was big. So, yeah, I think Dwelly's done a pretty good job overall. And the 49ers had an absolute ton of depth at that tight end position. We'll see. How much how much opportunity Dwelly has in in this game, but I think running two tight ends this is a little glimpse ahead. Running two tight ends and taking advantage of the safeties and linebackers of Denver uh, could be something the 49ers try to do. Not only does it help you in the run game, but help you in the pass game as well. With these linebackers having to commit to the run, you can create voids behind the linebackers in front of the safeties to be able to make plays. So uh, I think that's possible. Twisted Clown says, "Ant, read my comment. Pick me, pick me. I know it's your show and all." Here's the here, here LMAO. Oh, well done, Twisted Clown. I, I well, Twisted Clown always comes through with great comments. Love it. Uh, Fortnite's Faithful says Ross um, missed the block when it led to a TD for Seattle. Ross struggles a little bit in the blocking, and this is one of those concerns um, that made it possible for him not to make this roster this year. Would he be able to block good enough? Now they kept four tight ends. Charlie Warner came back late from the injury, um, but Charlie Warner, you know, he's a great blocker. Maybe not. he's not as good as Ross Dwelly in, in pass. So putting the receiving game uh, with Ross Dwelly in it and putting the blocking game with Charlie Warner in it, they make a very good tight end. Now what you're hoping is you're going to get enough from them in each other category so that the other team can't completely lock in. Like, oh, when Charlie Warner's in, it's a run. When Ross Dwelly's in, it's a pass. But yeah, when you miss blocks, uh, it creates you know bad situations where the 49ers can't produce touchdowns and uh, in week one against Chicago, there was a lot of missed blocks. Jawan Jennings, Ross Dwelly, um, Aaron Banks, they missed blocks that could have been touchdowns or could have been third down conversions. Those don't help your football team. But what does help your football team, though, is making those blocks. So hopefully Dwelly gets better. He did was a lot better in 2019 
and slowly that fell off. I don't know exactly why, but I'm hoping they're going to fix it. So I would love to see Dwelly do some things. Bomber T says, do you think Brock could win some big games? I think the roster, with this roster, he could. And we're seeing, um, SG said th thoughts on Brock Purdy as well. So I'm just going to talk about Brock is... I think Brock Purdy is a young guy with that's a, made a lot of exciting plays in the preseason. He understands, you know, what it takes to throw the ball down the field in these tight windows. He does pretty good. Um, I think I I don't know how Brock would do in a 17 game NFL season or having to go in there and start in the regular season against the most tremendous talent in the in the world. He was playing against you know third stringers. Did he look good in those games? Absolutely. Would that step up in competition against starting caliber NFL players? Would he still produce the same you know, that he did in preseason? I don't know. Uh, but I do know he impressed enough to get the 49ers to be willing to keep three quarterbacks on their active roster. That has to say something. I think Purdy's a guy that they want to develop to be the eventual backup in San Francisco. And that if something happened, he could come in and win a couple games because he's an absolute gunslinger. Um, but you just you don't know what he's going to be yet. And he's a young guy that's learning. And I think I want to see how he continues to develop. But I think if you had to ask him to come in and win a game, it might be tough, but I think he would give it his all, you know, and he'd go in there and he'd put it, he'd do the best he possibly could. I don't know if he'd get it done, um, but with this roster, as long as you could get some, some points on the board, this defense has the opportunity to stop people enough to help you win. So it's definitely possible. Fortnite's faithful forever says Brock has a weaker arm than Jimmy. He doesn't have the strongest arm, you know, and some of the throws that was on display in preseason, but then he had some of those throws where he's throwing in these really tight windows. You're like, Ooh, Okay, but Brock can make those kind of throws. So if he understands his limitations and can work around them, uh, and you can scheme it up to work around them, then he can be you know, a player for your team. If you can't and he can't uh, learn to work with his limitations, then it's going to be a real, real problem. SG says, when do you think Brock Purdy will develop into a great, talented quarterback? And I would love him to uh, take that job away from Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, he's not taking Jimmy Garoppolo's job. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has you know the quick release the understanding of the offense. He can come up to the line of scrimmage and he can get you, you know, the he can change the blocking. He can Oscar and move the blockers a different way, uh, flip the play opposite. He can come up there and he can can the play, get you into the right run and pass. Uh, his command of this offense, Brock Purdy's not taking his job, especially in, in year one. Um, I, I can argue that I don't know if Brock Purdy would ever be able to take a job from a starting quarterback in this league. I like Brock Purdy, but that's a lot to ask of a guy who's 262nd in the draft be able to come in and take a job from a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo that's been around and understands the ins and outs of the NFL uh, and understands coverage. So I do like Purdy. Uh, let me get, let me keep that straight. But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is a, definitely a better quarterback. And Warner's Faithful Forever comes with a nice question here. Do we see Teray this week? We could. Uh, the fact that they're going to be playing at mile high, they're going to have a, a probably a real big rotation in certain positions. It would be smart to have an extra defensive lineman especially because you need to be able to stop this Denver Broncos run game. Uh, Javante Williams is really good. Uh, Melvin Gordon is really good. They're going to have to stop these guys, and it's going to be difficult. But having an extra defensive lineman could do just the case. Now, if Eric Armstead is not healthy, it, it's a done deal, right? Teray is going to be that guy. Uh, but even if Armstead is healthy, you might have Teray just in case because then you might have to slide one of these outside edge rushers like Kerry Hyder inside uh, as a rotational piece. So, I think that's something to monitor as this week continues to go for sure. Uh, SG says, I would love to see Brock Purdy do the icky shuffle when he scores a touchdown. I would love to see anyone do the icky shuffle. That was always fun. 
Uh, Bomber T says, Brock is young. I think he's going to develop into a solid quarterback. I think he'll be pretty good. Bobo says, Jimmy G over Purdy all day and night. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Jimmy G's proven that, you know, he can he can help you win football games. Brock Purdy's still a young guy. So uh, Ziggy says, hey, finally caught a live stream. What's up, Ziggy? How's it going? Welcome to chat. Shooter says, I, I didn't want to see Purdy play unless it's a blowout. Yeah, I, I don't want to see him play unless it's a blowout either. So I'm with you on that. I think, you know, Purdy was fine in the preseason. He did enough to make this football team. Let's hope we never have to see him. Let's hope Jimmy Garoppolo plays every single snap the rest of this year. You know, I, I hope if he's ever in the training training room that, you know, it's like Bud Kilmer walking in there and, to Billy Bob and saying, don't worry, you're going to play every minute of that game. Uh, that's what Jimmy Garoppolo has got to be playing in these football games. That's the 49ers' best chance to win with him at the helm now that Trey Lance is hurt. Uh, Malik says, I believe Kyle will let Jimmy throw down the field more this season, given the pieces we have on offense this season. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I definitely agree with this. In fact, I was over on uh, Chapman's Patreon for the bonus episode, and we talked about that. And I said the exact same thing. I fully expect them to throw the ball down the field more this year uh, because of the fact that Jimmy's kind of like, hey, man, let's just let something happen. You know, I said it's like he's on red kryptonite. It's like, let's, who cares? You know, I got my back against the wall. Let's just go let this thing hang out. Let's go see what can happen. Uh, Jimmy, you know, referenced 2017. I thought that's when he played the most loose and free. Well, I think that's probably, you know, a good way to go. And Seth's killing me right now with bringing in Bortles. No, Blake Bortles. Not, no, 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 no. We don't want that. John Paul says, did you see how the Jets used Tevin in the return game? Interesting. I like him on a veteran team with championship goals. I like him as well. I think right now Jordan Mason um, is going to get the special team role from the running back position. And I think Marlon Mack, being the veteran that he is, probably won't play a whole lot of special teams. But if you ever needed Tevin Coleman for special teams, he can help. Uh, so I think as he gets acclimated to this 49ers team again, I'm sure there's some new plays he doesn't know, but he understands the system. He could be beneficial down the road as a special teamer. And he wasn't against playing special teams when he was with the 49ers. He he did that even when he wasn't getting reps at running back. So I kind of like him overall just being a part of the team. What's up, Moses? How's it going? He says, what's up? I'm new here. Big 49ers fan since 1984. Favorite player is Ronnie Lott. Uh, you can't go wrong with Ronnie Lott. I mean... Ronnie Lott, growing up, I mean, that dude just hit everybody. Uh, I loved it when he absolutely took out, uh, you know, James Woods and Icky, uh, and Icky Woods in the, in the Bengals Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl 23. I mean, he was just smacking dudes. So, yeah, Ronnie Lott, one of the best cornerbacks, and then a lot of people forget that he was cornerback first before he became a safety in the league. So that's a great choice. Well, well done, Moses, and, and welcome to the 49ers Cutback. Ziggy says, do you think Kyle's play calling will change will be the same as, as years past. I think it's going to be very similar, right? Kyle does what Kyle does. Now, he takes advantage of the opposing defense. So whatever they do uh, to try to stop him, he wants to counteract. So with the Broncos 3-4, they're going to want to put, you know, five guys, six guys along the line of scrimmage. So he's got to find a way to operate and attack that. One of the easiest ways is to pin their outside linebacker, kick him down, and then get outside with a toss play. You've seen that a little bit last week against Seattle. Now, these edge rushers and outside linebackers like Randy Gregory, Bradley Chubb are better than what we saw from Seattle. So it's a, a tougher task. You could beat those guys with a Jawan Jennings or, you know, with a Charlie Warner. They might be a little bit more difficult this week. So the matchups change. So you have to change your philosophy. But when it comes down to it, his philosophy is simple. He wants to run the football using starting with his outside zone principles. 
Everything comes off that gap scheme, inside zone, all of it. And then he wants play action off of that because when those linebackers have to engage to help stop the run, you're able to fire the ball in between that void in the defense between the linebackers and safeties. That's where Kyle likes his offense to live. Now, he does do extra things like throw the ball down the field when he has a quarterback that can do it. If Jimmy's going to do that this year, um, then you're going to threaten teams vertically. With Jimmy, you already threaten teams horizontally. I think play calling will look similar. It's just maybe uh, Jimmy will take advantage of more of the deeper routes and more deep intermediate routes than he has in the past, which could fundamentally change the way you view the the offense overall, though. Um, but, I mean, he's still going to do what he does. Twisted Clown says, wish you uh, would have had Trey thrown downfield. Highly doubt it. Run heavy now. It's going to be run heavy for sure. Uh, that's what Kyle does. David says, history tells us Jimmy will get dinged at some point this season. Uh, I, I'm not letting it happen. Not this time, David. Not this time. You're right, though. History says Jimmy Garoppolo misses games. Uh, Jay Hill wanted me to say over under two and a half games Brock Purdy starts. Uh, I said he's not starting in this. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo starting all the rest of the games, all 15 left in the regular season. Nothing but Jimmy. That's just what I want to believe. Uh, Christopher Blankenship says, who's number two behind Coleman? I think it's Jordan Mason. I think Mason's number two. And then, um, you know, Mac is three. And I think the way they use those two guys, though, is going to be interesting. I think short yardage more for Jordan Mason. I want to see what he can do with the ball. I'm sure Kyle does as well. TDP did okay last week. He had moments where he flashed. His numbers overall didn't turn out to be great. Um, but I think they're going to give it a, a chance with Jordan Mason. But I look for uh, Marlon Mack to get carries as well. And, and thank you, Shooter, once again for uh, re-upping your membership. I really, really appreciate that. That's big time. Always love when we get people re-upping. It's, it's big time. So uh, thank you so much for that. And then let's see what we got going on here in the chat. Uh, Bomber T says, what if Jimmy plays damn good this year? I think it ends up with results. So if 49ers faithful forever says he walks regardless, I do believe that if he won the Super Bowl, um, not only would teams come calling for him, but I think the 49ers might think about it. If he doesn't win the Super Bowl, he's gone for sure. I think at only Super Bowl do I think that there's any recourse in him potentially coming back um, and then making it a quarterback competition between him and Trey Lance. But I think in the back of their minds, they'd like to move to, to Trey Lance and that rookie pay scale because that's how they're going to be able to pay all these guys. That's kind of what they've planned. Um, so it would be, it would be hard. Uh, and SG's asking me about the Geico commercial when Icky Woods does the Icky Shuffle. Yeah, I saw that a lot. Um, that's pretty good. Christopher Blankenship says, her Trey may be ready for playoffs, but I understand if Jimmy is healthy, uh, they'll go with him. You go with Purdy and Trey if Jimmy can't play. Um, yeah, and my I did see that. And then Kyle Shannon kind of put the kibosh on that and said, no, Trey is done for the year, which means that they might just think that it's not worth potentially rushing him back for the end of the year um, and just letting him have, you know, letting him get healthy. Uh, rehabbing, and then having the entire offseason to prepare for 2022. Now, you never know they could change their mind. Or 2023, you never know they could change their mind, but um, that's kind of my understanding is that they're going to roll with Jimmy now. So, uh, yeah, that's what 49ers Faithful is saying. Kyle, you know, confirmed that. Ronnie says, what's up, Ant? Just joined the signing of Coleman and elevating Mac. Does that mean Jordan Mason won't be used only for special? No, I think he's going to get used. Uh, the 49ers like to roll with three active running backs on their, you know, on their roster. Um, they that way, just in case something happens, you're you have guys that are ready to roll. So elevating Marlon Mack is because of TDP's injury. Now you have three guys that are going to be able to play. Of course, TDP will be an inactive. Tyler Croft will be an inactive because um they're not healthy, but you don't want to put them on IR. 
So that's kind of where you're at with it. Uh, I do think Jordan Mason is going to get some carries, though. Uh, so that's good news. Ziggy says, yeah, that's what I mean. I think he calls plays that are cautious with Jimmy. And I think Jimmy can do more than what Kyle calls him. I think we're going to find out. Uh, Kyle's in a different mind mindset uh, than he has been in years past. But I think we're going to find out real quick how these guys handle it. And Marvin Rose's injuries are part of the game. And what's up, Marvin? Welcome to chat. So, yeah, it is. Uh, it is. And Shooter says, no problem, man. Love the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thank you so much to everybody that, you know, uh, takes the opportunity to come on here and have a conversation. I really enjoy interacting with everyone and just, you know, talking ball, talking 49ers. Uh, who who doesn't love talking their team? Bomber T says, Trey needs to sit on the bench for another couple of years. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, he's obviously going to sit on the bench this year. He's going to work on his mental. He's going to go through all the reads and everything. I'll do all the things he can do. Um, but, I mean, I don't think they have the luxury of waiting a couple more years because this contract's going to come up. So I think you are going to have to make some sort of a decision here pretty soon. Moses says, how I became a Ronnie Lott fan. The Monday night game, the hit on the Giants, Mark Bavaro. Boom, I believe was the call. Uh yeah, it's fantastic. What a hit. And Mark Bavaro, man, one of those guys that you just love to hate. <laughs> just I mean, he always played well against the Niners. Big physical guy. I mean, now looking back on it, like I appreciate it, but uh, at the moment, not a fan of Mark Bavaro as a 49er fan for sure. Uh, but yeah, that's a good one. Ronnie says, Ant, what's the biggest matchup you're looking forward to against the Broncos? I think one of the most interesting ones to me is actually going to be DJ Jones against Jake Brendel. They should be pretty familiar with each other from all the all the reps last week. And of course, DJ Jones is dealing with a little bit of an injury. Uh, so the fact that DJ Jones has something going on with him, you know, could mean that you know Brendel potentially is going to have you know a chance. But um, they have two former 49ers in DJ Jones and Mike Purcell to get most of the reps on the inside. I think Brendel's athleticism can can outweigh anything that Purcell can do and that they can win in that situation. I think they can double him, push him back to second level and create run lanes. But I worry about DJ Jones because of his quickness, because not only is he big and physical, but he's also fast. I think that's something to take into account. Um, but that that's a matchup I'm looking for. It might not be a sexy one. It's interior defensive line versus interior offensive line. But I think the four yards are going to have to give Jake Brendel some help against DJ Jones. I just don't like that matchup overall uh, for sure. Everyone's talking about the big hit. Uh, yeah, the big hit by Ronnie Law. I, I appreciate Moses for bringing that up. It brings up nice nice moments uh, and thoughts. And Candy R says, what do you think of Bowman getting nominated for, to the Hall of Fame? I mean, he deserves to be in that conversation. I mean, of course, Patrick Willis is going to have to get in there before Navarro Bowman does. But, I mean, those two guys were two of the best to do it at the linebacker position in this league for a stretch of time. Now, Bowman's injury ends up preventing him from having the end of the career that he deserved. Uh, of course, it was, you know, Patrick Willis's feet that got the best of him, but that injury against Seattle completely changed Navarro Bowman's career forever. And I think he would have been, you know, played another three or four years at a high level and been a bona fide Hall of Famer. So I hope he stays in this conversation. I don't know if he's going to get in because the injuries really did skew his numbers down the end, down the, you know, towards the end. Uh, but I would love to see it happen. I really would. Um, and Marvin says Trey needs to learn how to read defenses. I think he does. And I think he needs to re learn to read how Kyle Shanahan reads defenses. Uh, understanding what your play caller is seeing and getting in the same mindset, you have to be able to take what Kyle sees and be able to do it on the field. That was what made Joe and Bill so good, right? Joe could take what Bill Walsh saw 
and he could be an extension of him out there on the field. And I think that's part of the problem with a young quarterback. He's learning. If, if Maybe during the season they would have figured it out, and if they did, that would have been wonderful. Uh, this team would have been to all-time heights, but figuring that out is difficult. And I think it just comes from time together. Um, being able to see how your play caller sees things is, is really, really important. Yeah, heck of a tight end, big guy. He was boom. He was great. Uh, Ronnie says, what's the biggest weakness of the Broncos defense? I believe the biggest weakness of the Broncos defense is their linebackers. I know they got Jonas Griffith, um, but they commit so hard to the run. And then they lack the overall correction speed. They are a little bit uh, questionable in zone coverage as well, which I've seen Seattle take advantage of. I've seen the Houston Texans take advantage of. Uh, they also will put them in situations where they have to cover a speedy receiver across the field. How you put both your linebackers in coverage uh, against Brandon Cooks when he's dragging across the middle is beyond me. And Cooks was ended up catching it because he smoked them and got a big play on it. So I think that is the major weakness for the for the Broncos defense is that linebacker group. I think they're good against the run, uh, but sideline to sideline, you have a little bit of questions. And then in coverage, I have big questions about them. Jaylee says, don't they have former offensive tackle as well? Um, don't they have a former offensive tackle as well? I'm trying to remember who they have uh, on their team. I'm trying to remember all the guys for sure. It's hard. Um, let's see. I haven't. I have an offer for CD Lamb for AJ Dillon. Should I accept the trade for CD Lamb? I have running back Taylor Williams and Chubb, but running back Waddle Robinson, M. Brown, and Cooper on my bench. Actually, that's an interesting trade, right? Getting CG, uh, CD Lamb for AJ Dillon. I think Dillon's going to have himself some production this year. Uh, you already have Chubb and you have Taylor. I would go ahead and make the move. Go ahead and add CD Lamb. I think after seeing who you have on the roster, I think that is a smart way to go. Uh, so yeah, I think I would do that. Marvin Rose has one read and then taking off doesn't get it. Uh, that's a problem with a lot of guys. Now, I do think he's trying to go through his reads. I think that Trey Lance tries to go through his reads. Uh, I think he has worked progression one to progression two. I just don't think he's going progression one, two, three, four yet. Um, but that takes time. That takes a lot of players' time. It took Steve Young time to go one, two, three, four. Joe, you know, by the middle of his career, I mean, that's what we got so spoiled to. He could go one, two, three, four, back to two uh, and find his receiver. And then Steve ended up doing that as well. Uh, those are special players, though. Those guys that has that kind of vision uh, right now, Trey's on a one, two, uh, and then start moving around. I think eventually he'll get to one, two, three, and then eventually one, two, three, four. And then when he's able to use the whole field, that's what you're working towards. Uh, but it's hard for all that for all veteran quarterbacks, let alone a young guy. And Sacktown says win one for Trey. I, I, I love that. And said so Marvin Rose says who will be guarding Kittle? Just want to be able to identify the poor guy getting beat. I think it's going to be a combination of the safeties and linebackers. And then sometimes they'll bring in uh, corners as well. So they drafted a guy I'm huge on. Jay Ellie would know this is Damari Mathis out of Pitt. He was one of my favorite guys. And they've been playing him a lot in the slot. You have Kwan Williams and, and Damari Mathis that come in in their sub packages because Mathis has safety ability as well. So I think we'll see him a little bit on George Kittle as well. But Kittle has the size advantage. But I love the dog and Damari Mathis. I think he's going to be an absolute player in this league. And Sacktown, he says, win one for Trey. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, and Marvin says Kaepernick never did learn. I think that was a definite problem for it. But I wanted to thank everyone for coming through this episode of 49ers News Update. I had a lot of fun with all of you guys here in chat. Thank you guys so much for watching. I'm going to go ahead and, and get out of here. Uh, but really enjoy it. And 
tomorrow we're going to have our live Q&A. So hop onto the live Q&A tomorrow. We'll get more into the latest 49ers news that's coming out. And of course, you guys can ask any questions as well. Tomorrow, the game preview show comes out. Let me know what you think about it. I'm going to go through my key matchups, give some wild ass bold predictions, and then overall pick the game who I think is going to win. But thanks everyone for watching. I really appreciate it. Stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers.